Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, live from a hotel room in New Orleans, undisclosed location, Kevin Zimmerman, who I am joined by. Hello. What's up? Oh, not not the not the Phoenix Suns team we're used to, pal. Not that no. team we are used to. I I had a couple of people um, text me about the podcast that we did after Game Three, and a lot of them kind of registered it in a way where we were both not optimistic about the team at that point. And the way that you said it was just pretty cut and dry, which is that they are not as good as they were last postseason right now. They certainly are not. And then we both kind of tried to locate ways in which they can change that. And like, yeah, sure. Three point shots that are wide open going in would help that continue to be a problem tonight. Um, but I think we're just kind of back to that same conversation, Kevin, where the Suns lost tonight. They lost game four, uh, 118-103. And you just kind of look at the way this series has unfolded. Chris Paul goes nuts in the fourth quarter of game one. Chris Paul goes nuts in the fourth quarter of game three. DeAndre Ian goes nuts in the first half of game three. And that is how they won both of those games, Kevin. Um, yeah. I said it after game one that it, it had a lot to do with their stellar defensive playing game one as well. I'm starting to believe that I should have given them less credit for it, to be honest, because of how they looked in the second half, especially, and they could have easily lost that game in the second half if Chris Paul wasn't Chris Paul. Um, he wasn't able to be himself tonight. We'll talk about that more. But I think we're both in agreement here, Kevin, that we can – I really wanted more proof. I was at my 0% still chance that they lost the series after two games. After game three, I don't know what my percentage update was, but now it's 50-50 to me, Kevin. It's a coin flip. I have no idea what's going to happen the rest of this series because this is just – this isn't the team we watched. It's, it's just not the team we watched. It's not. Um, if you want to go back to what the Sun said, it's and it's true, It's this is a new season for them. And we've seen them – they entered this regular season looking kind of like this. Um, and they obviously turned it around. What? After four games, I believe where they're one and three, this, like, I, I'm not going to put it past them that they could just flip a switch and do that starting this next game. But when it looks like a bad basketball team and sounds like a bad basketball team, I don't know how they smell. You're there. You can tell me if it smells like a bad basketball team. Um, then it's a bad basketball team. And I kind of does, Kev. Okay. Got a, whiff. Got a slight and, whiff. And look, this team is still talented. Yeah, they miss shots. On the other hand, New Orleans missed a bunch of open threes today. So, like, that cancels out. Um, my whole thing with this team is they're not reacting to anything they're not reacting to how new orleans is playing them they're not reacting to what changes new orleans is changing Uh, they're not reacting to brandon ingram going off time and time again 
the very first play they made today, he just flies off screen, faces up, comes downhill, DAs sitting back, and they let him get off a clean as hell 16-foot jumper that he hits, and then it's 30 points and three quarters for him the rest of the way. Like, at some point you have to say, we should try to stop Brandon Ingram or throw something different at him. At some point you have to say, campaign is not playing well. Chris Paul is not playing well tonight. Let's see if we can get a guy who can hit a three. And Aaron Holiday comes in in basically garbage time and hits a three, like stuff like that. And and to me, they're not just reacting to anything. And, and to me, that's on money again. Like he's being outcoached. Um, they're not reacting to Chris Paul getting blown up in eight second violations because he can't dribble the ball up the court. Like it, it's ironic because it's so simple. Like Willie green last postseason was the guy who told Chris Paul, you need to get the pace up. We need to get the pace going, get the ball up, get the ball into the offense sooner. Chris Paul did that. And they, they suddenly clicked into this gear and you knew that Willie green was going to do this. Cause he did it in the regular season with Herb Jones and Alvarado um, pressuring him and Chris Paul's just lighting them burn eight seconds off the clock, 10 seconds off the clock before it even gets into the offense. And they're not even running their offense because they're just taking pick and roll actions. And new Orleans is baiting them into just letting DA get 20 points, but they're not running their offense. So it's just all these things together where they're not responding or changing. um, And they're not even physicaling up to new Orleans. So to me, it's just, failures on a lot of different levels, but it has to start with the coaching staff at this point because they're tied to, too. Yeah. Um, I'm not of the camp as much to criticize the coaching staff and money. I think that they deserve criticism because they're certainly, I don't disagree with any of what you said in terms of problem areas, but in terms of how much of the blame goes on them, um, I'm not really willing to go too far. What I wrote about was that, that six minutes to close this, the first half, it was not DeAndre Ayton going nuts. It was not Chris Paul or Devin Booker going nuts. It was them playing as a team. Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, like a multiple guys making plays. Teamwork, cohesion, togetherness, all this kind of stuff. It was finally there. And they wound up being up by two at halftime. And a lot of people were sensing the same kind of thing. Like, is this the moment it finally clicks for them? You refer to like, how you wouldn't be shocked at all if they flipped a switch at some point in the series. I completely agree. I thought that was the moment and it wasn't like a flipping of a switch in terms of effort or whatever. It was just that they had found it. Finally, it looked like they had found it finally. And then the third quarter starts Kevin and it's gone again. It's just gone. I compared it to a a cheap sleight of hand trick in my words. Just, I don't understand how the magic that they played with is gone. Now I just don't understand I'm kind of frustrated, Kevin, with the opinions and the thoughts on how good the Pelicans are and how tough of a matchup they are and all of this kind of stuff because I don't care about that, to be honest. I just don't. I think the Pelicans deserve the most credit out of anything when we're looking at pros and cons and positives and negatives out of this whole series. The Pelicans deserve the most credit for what they're doing. With that being said, if the Suns were playing – a C plus version of the basketball they played, we'd be done right now. 
Uh, it yeah. would either be three one or four zero right now without Devin Booker. Devin Booker could have p- not played all four games of this series, and if the Suns were giving an a slightly, slightly, slightly above average version of basketball they played for ninety eight percent of the regular season, this series would be done. We'd be talking about how it's going to be over in Game Five in, in Phoenix, or it would have been a sweep already. We're not seeing that team. I don't really know why. I asked a couple of players after the game what it is. I, I tried to phrase it in the right way without saying, hey, you guys suck right now, and you guys normally don't suck. What's up with that? Um, by just asking, like, the main thing for me is stabilizing, and they're able to, like, really put together. Why, Kevin, why does it feel so impossible for them to just have, like, an 11-2 run in two minutes? They just they just have nothing. I know it's a lot of it is because Devin Booker is out, but that's not the main reason why. They did it without Devin Booker. They did it without Chris Paul. Every team just, does that, yeah. Yes, and every and every team in the league is capable of doing that. That's the right way of putting it. And like you went as far as describing them as a bad team, and like I don't feel wrong in you describing that. This is like a to go back to the letter grading. This is this is an F. It's not even a D minus. This is just an F performance from them through this series. It, it is shocking because they were giving you those B plus A minuses almost every single night. And most of the night it was an A or an A plus, especially when they were playing against great teams, second games of back to back and road trips, like all those great, great wins they had over the course of the year. I'm, I'm utterly perplexed by all of this, um, which should not come as a surprise to everyone after the predictions that I made for what I expected to see in game three, what I thought of this series as a whole, the offensive rebounding numbers were there for the Pelicans. The Jonas matchup was there for the Pelicans. Brandon and CJ McCollum was there for the Pelicans, but I mean, CJ didn't play well at all tonight, Kevin. He took terrible shot after terrible shot. Um, they weren't going in, but Ingram was a stud and he has been the best player in the series. Now I feel confident in saying that again um, after the way that he played tonight. Um, I, I just don't know. I know where the Suns go from here, which is probably still winning this series, but I, even that I don't feel confident in saying anymore because I think that out of all of that, I'm, I'm I'm unsure about Kevin. To go back to what you were talking about just a second ago, the one thing I am sure about is that Monty's getting out coached. Like Willie Green has been awesome. the The move that he made to pull Jonas early in the game, bring him back out there to get um, Jonas in a better matchup for him to get him going because he's not been good in the first three games. We talked about that last podcast, and then to put Nance at the four to get more offensive rebounding out there so they could recreate some of that again. That's just really smart stuff. And we just haven't seen those types of adjustments from the Suns at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say something about the coaching staff again, but it it is about the players too, right? They're on the court. They're doing it. Um, The offensive rebounding numbers, however you view it, it can be better based on effort. Uh, The defense, however you view it, Brandon Ingram got too many open threes. He's been the best player. You should not let him get open threes. Uh, That's on the players. Um, But again, when the coaching staff sees these things happen, we're at the point now, and again, Monty has patience a lot, so maybe we see it next game. Um, But the coaching staff needs to see that bad effort, you're getting pulled. Um, Dumb shot, you're getting pulled fair and holiday things like that where it's and that's a lot of what's happening um bad threes being taken out of the offense and we're not running offense pull a guy like to me we're at that point right now so i don't know it's it's tough and i i see the value in saying if we hit our threes we're we're getting good looks 
um, that type of thing. But at some point you got to be like, yo, this isn't good enough. And I, I know they, you want that, uh, big five college coach pulling a guy immediately after he yeah. a three point shooter. Like even if it's an all American, he's immediately getting pulled for doing something well, stupid. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't disagree. We're at that point. And, and to me where they're at in the series, I, I just think you, you got to make your mark. And I know they went into the press conference and Monty said the Pelicans played harder and that's true. But then he complained about the referee situation. And to me, that's the free throw. Like, okay, the, the Suns probably got bad calls. Ding up being physical. They talked about it. How did it look on TV? I it, the thing about New Orleans is that they never show replays for anything unless it's against their team. So you can just never see anything. It didn't stand out. Okay, me. that's that's what I thought watching it live too. It was just a lot of putting hands in the cookie jar and not coming out clean. Yeah, and and New Orleans is being physical, and maybe there's an argument there. But when we're talking about straight up like being aggressive, if Chris Paul has his back to every press, then he's not going to draw a foul and make them think twice about pressing him, right? It's always the aggressive team gets the foul calls to me. If you don't put your head down and drive to the rim, which the Suns do not do because they do not have ball handlers, you're not going to get foul calls. Um. Like, there are some gripes in there, I'm sure. Chris Paul getting thrown by Herb Jones on an offensive or on a rebounding box out attempt. Like, it's a yeah. bad miss call. It's a bad miss call. It's a bad miss call, but... Guess what team was 29th in free throw rate for two straight years? The Suns, yeah. Yes. Like it, I, I'm Again, the way I wrote it, I'd have to look at every single foul call on a replay to see if the Suns really got slided here. I'm not saying just because they're 29th and free throw rate back-to-back years and those Pelicans were sixth this year, that that means that this free throw ju- uh, disparity is justified. But people are just kind of stumbling onto like free throw shooting being an issue for the Suns. It's like whenever teams shoot really well from three, they lose. It's like, that's how basketball works. And it's like, it's concerning. It's concerning to me when you look at the state of a team, when like DeAndre Ayton was the mer- most mature talk in post game about it when he was just like, yeah, they, they got into the bonus and then they got even more aggressive. And that's just what happens when you're like own it and, and say, we'll be more aggressive. Don't, don't put that on the refs. Like I understand Monty's perspective of like, I just got to say it. So we get the calls. Um, it'll help if I put it out there, but yeah, it's, it, to me, that wasn't the story at all. And and fans are upset and they have to blame someone, but the, the Suns aren't playing well. If you can't see that and you're going to blame the refs on this one, I don't know what to tell you. It's been four games now. We have arrived at um, Bismack Biombo, Aaron Holiday time and Alfred Payton time, whoever they pick. Um, I argue that they were at that time last week, last couple of days, but I've sat here, Kevin, and said they know what they're doing. There's reasons why what they're doing, but we're past that now. Um, I don't care if Aaron Holiday pulled his pants down and pooped on half court during the <laughs> practice and never said anything about it ever again, and that's the reason why he's not playing because it weirded everyone out. He's got to start playing now. Campaign was not good in this game again. He finally hit some shots, which felt made it felt like he was playing better than he was. He was 3 of 10 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3. He still hasn't made a 3 in this series. He had two turnovers to go with one assist. 
I, I would argue, Kevin, I, I think that Torrey Craig still needs to play because of the time he spends on Ingram, but Ingram cooked him tonight. So I, I don't know. He played 10 minutes. McGee was great offensively. He had 14 points on seven to seven shooting, but I would argue that he was a net negative because that second quarter run um, or third quarter run, I think it was the third and the second quarter when they were just going at him defensively, like mercilessly with Valanchunas, with guys cutting to the rim. There was one dunk wide open dunk CJ got because McGee just misread the angle. The screen was coming from. It was, it was, it was concerning stuff. So I think Biombo is an obvious replacement. Like Jonas is going to have size on him, but Biombo at least moves his feet a little bit better and gives him hope there. And you know what? Why don't they just double Valanchunas? Why don't they trap Ingram and scramble from here? Yeah. I'm, I'm very lost on why both teams aren't trapping. And maybe that is me requiring a coaching one-on-one seminar where people explain to me the cons of trapping in basketball games or playoff series specifically, uh, because they haven't, I thought the Pelicans were going to start to do it more on Chris Paul's night. It turns out they didn't need to. Um, but they didn't in the first place. And then with Ingram, your point, when we got like two shots in to that third quarter, it's like, okay, trap him. Like, it's just make, make CJ beat you. Who's not playing well, make Herb Jones hit corner threes, whatever. If he's going to hit like skying layups over Deandre. Ayton, Especially like, like, that, that starting lineup of theirs is not great at shooting. Like, no, like do it then. And so at least he's not getting the first shot and in the group immediate, like, Things like that. And I know the Suns, I, I can't think of how often they've aggressively blitzed um, other teams, but like let DA go out there and do it and recover. Like that's, I, I live with it. If Herb Jones does get a corner three, so be it. But I don't know, man. It's, there's stuff like that where I'm just like, you need to look for solutions. Yeah. I apologize for the immature reference on, on, joke about holiday but i'm just saying whatever is going on here that led to him not playing over alfred payton we're, we're past that now um we're, we're there you're you're two two in a series that's a coin flip now uh and and your backup point guard campaign has been bad for four straight games um landry shamit i thought played okay in this game but he had one of those possessions where he just lost the handle of the ball and it led to two free points for them and that's just the type of stuff where it tells me like this guy shouldn't be playing yeah. he shouldn't be playing and we're there so we're there to see Ish Wainwright even if the, if the situation calls for it. We're there to see everyone that's available on the roster because not many people are playing well. I thought this was Mikel Bridges' best offensive game of the series, which is weird because he was 4 of 11 from the field and he was minus 15. He only had eight points, but the five assists and just how consistently he was attacking the basket tonight was much better. Um, Jake Ryder had that huge moment in the second quarter when they're chanting F his name. And he played, I thought he played really well, even after the shots were continuing to not fall for him. I thought that he played well in this game. Cam Johnson wasn't good. He was four of 12 from the field. He had three assists in those situations too. But again, defensively, he was the guy to me where he got in foul trouble for the second straight game. And it feels like he just can't figure out what he can get away with right now in this series. And it's hurting them defensively. DeAndre was solid. We'll get to Chris in a second, but like no one, Mikel has played well in the series because of the job he's done on CJ. DeAndre has played well. Chris has played well. That's it. The question, who has played one game out of four where they're even average? After those three? Yeah. Mm, McGee in game three, probably. Yeah. Uh, And that's it. 
Yeah, I can't pick a good Shamit game, a good Payne game, a good Tory Craig game because Craig, like, like he's going to do what he's going to do. Maybe Jay Crowder's today. You could say he was average. I think, um, but before yeah, but that, these are not, game the, was a triple single that he played good defense in. But it it's just hard to have so many subpar below av- their averages games of your entire roster and expect good things. Yeah. Uh, Jay Crowder is not insert Sacramento Kings player here. Like these are all really good basketball players who contribute immediately to winning and they're continuing to not do it individually, which is obviously hurting the team in a ton of ways. Um, we talked about adjustments a little bit, what did you think of Chris? Did the broadcast pick up on this left-hand thing at all? I didn't notice it until the end of the game where I was like, why is he dribbling like that? And then I searched on Twitter and saw that there's some left-hand thing going around, but he wasn't really using it that much in the second half as much as he normally would. It was noticeable. Yeah, I was on the TV, TNT broadcast. They didn't mention it. They were struggling with Reggie Miller. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really know which hand, but his handle was not – like the eight-second Alvarado backcourt call was he fumbled it. like, And it wasn't a situation where the ball got poked or anything. It was just like, why is he not dribbling it well? Too many hand injuries, man. Too many indeed. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see on that. People asking, he was he was asked about it. Dwayne asked him if that had anything to do with him health-wise in terms of the eight shot attempts. He was two of eight with four points. Chris didn't even really answer that part of the question. He just answered the shooting part and said, yeah, I'll shoot more. I got to be better, and I will be uh, in game five. I uh, I don't know where to – but to your argument, Kevin, in terms of like the average above average stuff, like – Larry Nance was great tonight. Jonas was great. Ingram was great. Herb Jones was great. CJ wasn't that good. I guess Alvarado was great because he got to Chris Paul. Like, and that's something that no one else seems capable of except him right now. But then you look through the past most of the series, like Najee Marshall was really good in game one. Devontae Graham was great in game three. Trey Murphy was really good, I think, in the first or second game. Can't remember which one. Jackson Hayes had the huge game, too. Like, they've had contributions up and down their roster in terms of depth. Like, if you were watching the series for four games, you would assume that the Suns are the team with terrible depth, not the Pelicans, but it's been the other way around. And Garrett Temple's on that team. Wow. <laughs> Kevin Zimmerman all-star Garrett Temple. Got two minutes in there at the end of the game. I didn't, didn't notice that until now. Good for him. Um, anything else? Any kind of game five previews? I mean, I'm, I'm going to write about, you're going to write about something. Did you already post yours or is it coming later? It's coming. I'm writing about things they need to do, which I've complained about here. Picking up pace, getting into their offense, blitz Brandon Ingram, maybe do something different, anything. Um, And yeah, we talked about, I think Monty should look for other people to give them a spark because they've gotten no spark from most of their roster, um, aside from Chris Paul and D.A. 13 assists combined for Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges. That was like the lone positive in terms of like takeaways from this game that I'm willing yeah, to go into. I see, that as, I, I see that as it's a symptom of the Pelicans are just like, yeah, if you want to dump it down to DA, go for it. But you're not running offense against us, your usual offense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure you're, I'm sure there's something to that. I think um, I liked the couple of drive and dump offs that Jake Ryder had, but I think to your point, if Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jake Ryder are just doing dribble drive stuff, the Pelicans are fine with that. Yes. And they've got to figure out an answer to that. They've got to get, they've got to run their stuff and really get Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson specifically involved. The ball wound up way too much. The ball winds up in Jake Ryder's hands way too many times for him to do something. And I know that's because the Pelicans want that to happen, but there are ways the Suns cannot let that happen still or make it Mikael Bridges in those spots who looks much better off the bounce in this series than Crowder does, which isn't a surprise by any means. But yeah, they, they're in trouble. Um, I don't know how else to phrase it. The Pelicans are the way that I talked about it and ended it, and we can kind of end the podcast here is that we saw this in the Lakers series. Uh, Booker and Crowder lost their cool. They got ejected. It looked like the series was swinging right there. Um, and it kind of looks like the same thing tonight where we saw clear indicators that the Suns had lost their cool and that the series was swinging in a certain direction. The difference is that the Lakers were a team that was really ready to fold as soon as adversity came. Uh, the Pelicans are not going to fold yeah, at all in this series. They are a far worse team than the Lakers were last year, but they're not ready to fold at all. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what's happening here. But for now, we've got a couple more games coming. I will be back in New Orleans in three days, two days, three days. I think three days. Well, yeah. it's one here. You're in, you're on to the, you're on to Monday. Oh, two days. Yeah, two days. I'm, I'm at 2 a.m. on Monday, which leads to an ex- exciting Thursday for us, NFL Draft Day and Game 6. Oh, boy. Will the Cardinals take a cornerback or an no. edge rusher or a wide Inside receiver? linebacker. Inside linebacker. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure there's some kid in the SEC that's worth taking and just shoring up everything that needs to be shored up on. All right, buddy. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back after Game 5, the live Footprint Center edition. We'll return to the podcast, and we'll see what comes of it. We, As you can tell, we have no idea. I would like to say that makes it exciting, and it kind of does, to be honest. But to be honest, it, it also is just kind of a bummer to see a team that was so consistent and so great and so reliable. And I remember Dave Burns talked about all the time on the Burns and Gambo show just like, he can't wait to watch the Suns. Like it, it, just looking forward to watching the Suns that night and just really taking in watching this team and just how great they were watching every night. And that team's just team's just gone. And and it, and it sucks to see it happen, but it's it's also great to see the Pelicans put in a performance to make it to make it happen, really. So there, there's two sides of the coin. But obviously from ours on the Suns side, uh, it is a bummer to see this because if their se- if their season ends this way, that's just that's just brutal. I, I can't imagine it until we get there. But if it comes, we'll talk about it. If it doesn't, we'll talk about it. We'll be back next time. See you, everyone.